Good morning, everyone. I'm on. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Oh, there I am. There I am. I can hear myself now. Welcome. Glad everybody's here today on a brisk Sunday morning. Uh, we welcome everyone here and are so glad that you have joined us in worship uh, this morning. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are here with us today and hope that God will bless you in a very special way. We'd like to remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and pass them down the row. But before you do, check off the appropriate box and uh, uh, put your name and address and email address and stuff like that on there. And, if, and especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, put your email address on there. That's a great way to keep up with the activities going on at Community Baptist Church. And you kind of need that because we got lots of activities always going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, we have something big coming up on Tuesday. Tuesday is Halloween. And as always on that day, we have a special fall festival, and it's a huge event here. We will have hundreds of people uh, in here uh, eating hot dogs and chili and playing games and having costume contests and uh, just generally having a good time. So uh, we, um, we look forward to that. We will be decorating for that immediately after the service today. I understand that uh, we're going to be ordering some pizzas, so you don't have to worry about lunch. So hang around, eat some pizza, and help us decorate for that. And Norris said, you better let me say something about this. She twisted my arm here. So. I did. You know, we're always in need, and so what we're in need of for the Harvest Festival for Tuesday are um, about six or seven more people to bring in two to three dozen of cookies. Homemade cookies or cookies that are already put together at the grocery store that you can pop in the oven real easy. And servers. She's in need of a couple of servers. We do not need any more candy. We've got plenty of candy, but we are in need of cookies or servers, and if you want to volunteer, you can see me after church, and I have it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So we need some servers, we need some cookies, and uh, I know we can we can fill those slots. See, uh, see Nora after the service. Uh, our hoops and cheers program is continuing to go well. We had a great day yesterday, so I want to thank you for your uh, uh, for volunteering your time and your energy for the, all of these programs. Uh, we could not do any of these things without without your participation and your volunteering. And you are always great to step up to the plate for that, and we are grateful for, for that. Uh, we are coming up on deacon elections pretty soon, 
and there is a sheet on the table uh, as you leave there. And as we normally do, we don't want to uh, cast votes for somebody who's not interested in being a deacon. So uh, if you're a member of this church and your name is on that list, if, you are interest, if you're not interested in being a deacon, if you just don't want to be a deacon, strike your name off of that, okay, so that we won't be casting votes for somebody who won't accept it. Uh, now, if you're just kind of on the fence a little bit, keep your name on there, because I might be able to convince you. <laughs> but, you know, if it's something that you just don't want to do, uh, strike your name on there, because we don't want to waste votes on that. We're glad that you're here, and it's good to share this time of fellowship, this time of love, this time of worship together. So let me invite you now to stand and let us share uh, the love of Christ with one another.
Actually, we are pulling an audible today, uh, and that is that we're not having our pastoral prayer. Instead, we are having a responsive reading, and it's not in your bulletin, but it will be on your screen. (laughs) So let's read responsively together today. May the God of all grace and compassion be present among us as we worship this day. Listening for the voice of God, may we also hear the cries of our brothers and sisters in need. Seeking God's healing love in our lives. May we also feel the pain of those whose hurts are unbearable. Lifting our songs of praise and thanksgiving. May we also offer to God our lives dedicated to living out the gospel of peace. God be with us in our worship. Let us in shutting the doors of this sanctuary, we also shut the doors of our hearts. Lest we believe that in closing our eyes to pray, we can close our eyes to the world in need. God be with us. Amen. Come on down, boys and girls. We have a good group here this morning. Thank you for showing up. I'm going to actually sit in the chair today. Y'all know that song Jika's playing for us this morning? Can we sing it? The adults will know it if y'all don't know it. It goes like this. Deep and wide. Deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And then we mix it up and we go wide and deep, wide and deep. There's a fountain flowing wide and deep. And we go on and on and on and on forever and ever. And we get faster and faster and faster. Did you all ever sing that song? Well, today we're talking about celebrating love in our church this morning during worship time. And I think and I know in my heart that that is one song that I learned as a child about God's love, that it is incredibly wide and it is incredibly deep, 
And that fountain that flows, flows, love flows through me and it flows out to you. And it's just a continual thing. Have you ever seen a fountain that didn't flow? Fountain at the mall or at a theme park or something? They always are flowing, aren't they? And that's what God's love is supposed to be to us. It's flowing in us. And when we get God's love in us, we flow it out to others. Is that just an incredible concept? Incredible concept of deep and wide God's love and fountain flowing through us. That is what I want you to remember today in this little moment that we have. Can we sing it one more time? Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. You all have a great week, and we'll continue on with worship. Thank you this morning.
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful. We are grateful for so many things, um, so many things that we take for advantage. We are tired, and we know you uh, know us, but we come to you for our strength. And as we gather today, our strength in you is renewed, and it has given us the strength to battle and tackle another week. We pause now to thank you with an offering, an offering of our tithes, of our time, and of, of who we are. We ask that you bless this and send us out into the world to make a difference. Amen. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love your God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. 
he said to them, How is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, choir. His love is indeed a boundless love. You know, something I appreciate about this church is that we're so serious all the time. (laughs) We, We are serious because we take the gospel of Christ very seriously. But we don't take ourselves so seriously that we can't play the Beatles. As an offertory, so thank you for that. (laughs) I wonder how many other churches had the Beatles as an offertory today. 
You know, when I was in seminary, there was an organ professor at Southern Seminary when I was there, and he was also the organist at Highland Baptist Church. And for for postludes and preludes, he was he would often sacralize uh, 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 soap opera themes. <laughs> He'd just make them sound real holy and play them, and, and people would go, hmm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> well, I want to begin uh, this morning by, by getting a graphic up here on the screen. Uh, there it is. Good. Thank you, Larry. Uh, we have the map of Alaska up there, and it has Mary's igloo in the middle of it there. And, and if you look at a, at a map of Alaska, you have to get one that's a little more detailed than this one. But if you look at a map of Alaska, you'll see a, a thin, wavy line about midway between Nome and Teller, Alaska. And this line is known as Mary's River. It was named for an Eskimo woman many years ago who lived along the shores of this river with her husband and her two children. But then tragedy struck as their village was hit by a deadly epidemic of the flu. And this happened during the gold rush era when people were frantically searching for gold in Alaska in the wilderness there. But the flu took the life of her entire family, her husband and her two children. Fourteen other children in the village lost their parents to the flu. And so out of compassion for these children, this woman adopted all 14 of those children. She also extended her hands of kindness to the gold prospectors who came through, offering them lodging and food. The miners couldn't pronounce her real name, her Eskimo name, so they opted to simply call her Mary, as suggested by one of the miners who said it's a grand old name. And to honor her kindness to them, the miners named the river that passed by her home Mary's River, and it remains Mary's River to this day. But that's not all. There's more. You see, when the teachers, when teachers came from the United States and founded uh, schools along through the wilderness there and founded a school in that little river village, they heard the story about Mary, and so they named the settlement Mary's Igloo. And as the village grew, other things were named for her. Now there are Mary's trees and Mary's reindeer and and, and Mary married for a second time, and of course he was known by one name, Mary's husband. <laughs> and so if you ever make it up to Mary's River, Alaska, or Mary's Igloo, Alaska, I hope that you will remember that that very place is a monument to the power of one woman's love for her family and for her neighbors. We all know that how important love is to our lives, don't we? In today's lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, we read these words. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, he says. Hmm. Seems that the Beatles were right. 
weren't they? All you need is love. We've heard those words of the Scripture so many times before, but you know what? I think they're still breathtaking. Everything that it means to be a Christian can be boiled down to these two very simple commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. That's all you need. It's love. My friends, these words from Jesus are are telling us that love is at the very center of our faith. This is what the Christian faith is all about. Love for God and love for one's neighbor. That's it. Now, I want you to notice that both of these commandments are in the Old Testament. I mean, after all, Jesus said that he, that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And just like us, Israel needed to be reminded of what was central, what was fundamental, what was essential in their faith. And so these laws, to love God and to with all of our being and to love our neighbors just as we love ourselves, can be found in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled these laws, both in his life and in his teachings in the New Testament. And he called upon us to do the same. Some of you may, have, may be familiar with the name Amy Carmichael. Uh, Amy is kind of like the Irish Presbyterian version of Lottie Moon. Now, those of you who have uh, deep roots in the Baptist church, you know who Lottie Moon is. She was a famous missionary uh, in in days gone by. Uh, But Amy was a Presbyterian missionary from Ireland, and, and she made a huge name for herself in India, where she touched the lives of thousands of women. Amy Carmichael was born and raised at the end of the 19th century in a Presbyterian home in Ireland. And then when she turned 16, she made a bold move by packing up everything that she had and moving to Belfast. Her goal was to establish a Presbyterian mission for the women who worked in the mills there. Well, it didn't take very long for her mission to grow to more than 500 women. But Carmichael kept sensing that God wanted something else from her. And finally, through much uh, prayer and discernment, she realized that her ultimate goal was to be an overseas missionary. And, And she got her opportunity. After a brief stint in Japan, she was sent to to India. And Amy Carmichael had a strong spirit. She faced the hot and and uh, unfriendly climate of India and all the dangers that missionaries faced uh, with so much grace and so much strength, so much fortitude. However, she suffered terribly from neuralgia, which sometimes left her no choice but to run her mission from her bed. When her condition grew worse, she moved back to Ireland for a while, but then after a period of rest, she again returned to India, stronger and better than ever. And and this time she channeled all of her efforts to rescuing young Indian women who were working as prostitutes in the Hindu temples. And instead of returning home after completing her assignment in India, Carmichael Carmichael chose to spend the rest of her life in her new land in India. 
she went as far as dyeing her skin with coffee so that her skin would match the tint of the Indian people. And this allowed her to travel safely around the country. Carmichael spent the last 75 years of her life in India without one day returning uh, to her home in Ireland. Unfortunately, she suffered from paralysis because of a bad fall for the last 20 years of her life. And that, along with the neuralgia that she suffered, did not make things easy for her. And yet, listen to this, folks. Because of Carmichael's efforts, eventually the government of India banned temple prostitution all across the nation in 1948. After her death, Amy Carmichael was buried in India. And the children that she saved erected a a birdbath over her grave with the word Amma inscribed upon it, meaning mother. My friends, love is at the very center of our faith. And Amy Carmichael personified that love. And who can help but to think of the Apostle Paul's great words when he says, If I speak in the tongues of human beings or of angels, but I do not have love, then I'm just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And it's true, isn't it? We can talk about our faith until we're blue in the face, but unless our lives demonstrate our love for God and our love for our neighbor, then we're just a bunch of meaningless noise. Much of the world looks at the Christian community with skeptical eyes these days, but I can't help but to wonder if their skepticism would be turned into admiration and respect if we simply lived out these two central teachings of our Savior. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and all of your mind, and all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, love is essential to our faith as followers of Jesus Christ. But love is also essential to our physical and emotional well-being. You may have heard of that sad story, that uh, a study that took place many years ago. Ninety-seven babies aged three months to three years in South America in a children's home there. All of these babies were well-fed, they were clothed, they had good medical attention, but there was one thing, there was one thing that they did not have. No one loved them or played with them. No one. After several months, these babies began to lose their appetites. Their health failed. Within two years, 34 of these children were dead. 21 others were beginning to have numerous physical and emotional problems. These poor lives were destroyed for only one reason. They were emotionally starved. They had everything else that they needed except for love. So you see, love is essential to our physical and our emotional well-being. It's important for our lives. John Ortberg tells about an exhaustive research project on relationships. It was called the Alameda County Study. 
was headed by a, a Harvard uh, social scientist, tracked the lives of over 7,000 people for nine years. You know what they found? They found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. And get this, folks. Even people who had bad health habits, such as smoking or poor eating habits or obesity or alcohol abuse, even those people, if they maintained strong social ties, they lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. In other words, says Ortberg, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. Harvard researcher Robert Putnam says that, you, that if you don't belong to any groups but decide to join one, you cut your risk of dying over the next year and a half. Wow. That's how powerful love and connection is. Love is essential to our physical and our emotional well-being. Douglas Davison wrote an article titled Welcome Home in which he cites a study that examines the effects of World War II bombings on children in London. And he concluded that, that children who stayed in the city during the bombings, going into underground shelters with their parents, they actually fared better psychologically and socially than those children that were taken out of London and, and sent out into the country away from the bombs, but away from their families as well. Even though the children who remained in London faced the very real possibility that these bombs would destroy their homes and might even physically harm them, they nevertheless found a higher level of peace, not in their external security, but in their relationships with their families. The prominent psychiatrist Carl Menninger was featured in an article uh, in the Chicago Daily News article was titled, Love, Working Miracles for the Mentally Ill in Kansas. Dr. Menager contended that love is one of the most effective cures in healing mental illness. When reporters asked Menager how it was that 80% of his patients recovered, he replied that the secret is not in electroshock or surgery or group therapy or drugs. He said these play a role. But the real secret is contained in one single word, love. You see, love is at the center of our faith. And love is essential to our physical and our emotional well-being. And that brings us to the last thing that needs to be said today. And that is that love is our primary calling as followers of Jesus Christ. It's what we're called to do, folks. How will the world know that we are Christians? By our love. We sang it a minute ago, didn't we? John thirteen thirty five says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, my friends, love is our primary calling as Christians. Love for God and love for our neighbors. Love is all we need.
I read a story recently that inspired me. It came from the Olympics, uh, Olympic Games of 1988 in Seoul, South Korea. As always, these Olympic Games captured the imagination of people all over the world, and they were filled with glitz, and records were broken, and winners became overnight household names. You may remember the name Ben Johnson from Canada, who broke a record in the 100-meter sprint. His fame soared after that until... He failed a doping test, and it was discovered that he had been taking performance-enhancing drugs. So the gold medal was stripped from him and given to Carl Lewis, an American, who had come in second. Now, for Canadians, that was devastating. They, had, they were celebrating so much. Their, their homeboy had done good. He had won the gold medal. And, and now for that to be taken away from him, it was devastating to them. Their whole outlook upon these Olympic Games would have been one of total disappointment. Except for one competitor named Lawrence Lemieux. He's from Edmonton, Canada. You see, Lawrence Lemieux saved his countrymen from total embarrassment. He was an experienced yachtsman and was well on his way to clinching the silver medal in the yachting competition. And, of course, competing in the Olympics had been a lifelong dream for him. But then something happened that no one expected. It seems that that Joseph Chan of Singapore was racing close to Lemieux, and he lost control of his yacht. And when Lemieux noticed this, Chan's yacht was already capsized, and Chan was struggling in the water. He was injured. He was barely staying afloat. And without a second thought, Lemieux abandoned the race and reached out to help his fellow sportsmen and brought him aboard his own boat. Unfortunately, that act of sportsmanship cost him the silver medal, which was well within his reach. But his act of bravery would not be forgotten. You see, at the closing ceremony of the Olympics that year in 1988, the organizers of the the Games recognized Lemieux's efforts by awarding him the Pierre de Coubertin Medal. It's a medal that's awarded to athletes who display an exceptional spirit of sportsmanship. In an interview after the Olympics, he said, "As as a sailor, Your first duty is to people in distress. Medals can follow later. According to him, he only wanted to do what was right. He he wasn't looking to be a hero. But he said that saving a distressed sailor is worth more than going after the medals. That's true, isn't it? Now, you and I will probably never compete on the world stage. Not at that level anyway. But let me tell you something, folks. Each and every one of us can reach out and make a difference in the life of somebody who's struggling. Each, of every, each and every one of us can do that. You can do that, and you can do that, and you can. We all can do that. We just need to look and be aware of the people around us and to find out how we can help them. A woman called Mary did that in Alaska. 
And to this day, her name is all over the maps of that state. A woman named Amy did that in India and changed the laws and was honored as the mother of so many women that she saved from a life of degradation. An Olympic athlete did that and earned his country's praise for the, his sportsmanship. So who can you and I show Christian love to? Who can we show love to? Who do we know who is struggling in some way that we can reach out to and hold up? The expert in the law test, tested Jesus with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, he said. And then the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, all of the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. Pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Love is at the center of your faith. Love is essential to our physical and emotional well-being. And love is our primary calling as a follower of Jesus Christ. Seems that the Beatles were right after all, weren't they? Love is all you need. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Sorry, it's not a Beatles song. But it's a good song. 435. Share His love. That's what we're called to do, folks. That's our calling as followers of Christ. Let us share His love.
May the God who is now and always will be go with you. May you be aware of God working within your world this week through the love that has been created in your heart, your soul, and your mind. May you know God's glorious power alive among God's children. And may God look favorably upon you and bless the work of your hands as you share his love. Amen.